0: Rochester Today with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning. It is time for Rochester Today, Tuesday morning, and that means Tom Ostrom is here. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Andrew. Good to see you again. <laughs> you too. All right. Mm. Well, I guess uh, why wait it out? What's in the mailbag, Tom?
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, uh, last time I mentioned the Sri Lankan farmers, uh, Sri Lanka, an island southeast of India in Southeast Asia. And I mentioned that uh, Muslims live there. And a listener uh, emailed me and said, uh, uh, are, are there any Hindus there? It's right next to India. And I should have gone into more into detail about Sri Lanka, and I will now. So I'm glad we got the question. Hiya. Uh, uh, the island reflects its position in Southeast Asia, and there are Muslims there, as there are in India. And there are Hindus there, in terms of religion, as there are in India. But a very large population of Buddhists and Malays and Chinese uh, are there also. So it's a rather complex culture, religiously and culturally, and and uh, we'll mention that and... and uh, uh, and and it's, and about 20 million people live there. That's about four Minnesotas. So that's a little bit more on Sri Lanka and the farm revolt uh, there, uh, much like uh, the Dutch farmers are revolting in uh, in Europe. So that, I thank the listener for having me be more detailed on Sri Lanka. KLS and Rose uh, had a little discussion about the police. That that uh, Uvalde a Texas incident, the school shooting, where police didn't respond effectively or immediately, and uh, it appeared that many of the police were concerned with their own safety rather than their professional obligation, and they 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 fled the um, the uh, corridor that led to the shooter, and uh, so the city council's been meeting, and people are outraged about that, and so KLS and Rose had kind of a little different viewpoint on that and, uh, and and KLS said yeah I'm painting with a broad brush but uh, the Uvalde police uh, have brought disgrace to police everywhere. Are police shamed? Are they saying anything about it? Uh, we can add police to the list of institutions we can no longer trust and uh, cops cower and you don't get hurt and uh, uh, th- th- this is just outrageous. So then Rose said I am confused about the lack of police response, but the police I know and I've met are decent people, so I'm reticent. And then she says it again, Andy. (laughs) We teased her about her word. She said, so I'm reticent (laughs) to to take a stand (laughs) even uh, against the Uvalde cops until more, you know. And uh, we have to know why are these shootings happening? And uh, had the police killed... Uh, the shooter immediately before he entered the school which there was an opportunity to do she said he would have been portrayed as a martyr um, so that's the issue and then I responded to both of them uh, that the, the police work is so difficult and so dangerous and the anti-police attitudes and weak prosecutors and and police of course are wanting to protect themselves and the citizenry and um, and it seems that when they get in trouble, it's serious and, and uh, they, they wanna protect their reputations and their careers and their pensions. And so these incidents are complicated. But anyway, I thought the uh, the discussions they had uh, uh, raised some important issues. Well,
0: there's a new report that came out and new videos as well, which further amplify the tragedy of this. It sounds like it was a total breakdown of command structure. Um, there was nobody at the scene, apparently, mm-hmm. willing to assume command. The person you would think would be the commander who was the school district police chief. They have a weird structure there as far as how they do law enforcement. It's. I remember I had uh, Sheriff Torgerson on talking about that, and he said he was a little taken aback about how they organize things down there, but that's their local government, and that's how it's done. But the person who was the police chief of the school district who also is on the city council, I believe he was acting as just a police officer at the scene. At least that's what he says. And then apparently left his radios outside the school when he went inside and he would have received some key information if he had the radio with him. I just can't, I can't understand that one, not bringing a radio with you, um, Mm -hmm. to facilitate communications. Um, Uh the thing just sounds like
1: a total uh, uh, We've got time for one more uh, mailbag, Andy. Sure, why not? This from Angela, she's a new contributor to the mailbag. Uh, she's well-informed. She says, Minnesota is getting ready for rolling power outages in the near future. If things continue to go as they've been under Governor Waltz, who's in lockstep with the Biden administration to end fossil fuels, the experts say we'll be short of power on a very hot day with the increase uh, in electrical usage, including vehicles, several power plants are scheduled to close. I don't know of any plan from the Wallace administration to keep outages from happening. And the Minnesota farming industry is at risk with uh, increasing regulations and a high cost of fertilizers and shortages. Some are warning of failing local farms and food shortages, electric grid vulnerability and less agricultural production does not lead to a good place for Minnesotans. Uh, and the Green Revolution, I would add to what Angela said, uh, the farmers are and people are uh, uh, in trouble elsewhere, too, on these issues. And that's the mailbag, Andy.
0: All right, Tom, on that topic, I read an interesting article over the weekend about uh, the situation in Texas, which is now mirroring what has happened in California. And it's the same problem that, with the forced implementation of the renewables in Texas, the case was wind energy. Uh, They spent a great deal of money to uh, add infrastructure on the power grid to deliver the electricity produced by the windmills to the biggest cities in Texas. Well, the problem is uh, apparently in Texas, when it gets really hot, the winds die down and Mm. it coincides with their heat waves. So, you lose the power that was being produced by these Western Texas wind generators at the time when you have peak demand. And what is similar to what is happening here in Minnesota, the operators of many of the coal-fired units and even nuclear units are taking them off of, offline because of the economic um, scenarios created by the forced adoption. And when I say forced, I mean the government offering significant subsidies to increase the reuse of the renewables to a level that they have set a goal on. And I believe in Texas, it currently stands at 30%. And the problem is you take that 30% offline when it's really, really hot, there's not enough backup power from fossil fuel generated sources to make up for the loss. And you get what you have happening there, which we do have the potential for happening here. There's hope that it won't happen here. But in Texas, it is happening this summer. They're having rolling blackouts and people being advised to shut off air conditioners when it's 100 some degrees out. And uh, manufacturing plants, I even read that Toyota at one of their plants had uh, knocked down a number of shifts for production because of the inability to have reliable power. So it's not turning out to be a very pretty scenario, that's for sure. Okay, so that's it for the mailbag. We'll take our break. And we'll be right back. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. It's Rochester Today on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Eric, I work for all day. With Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Welcome back to Rochester Today. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. Tom, what do you want to start with on Minnesota news?
1: Well, uh, continued violence vandals targeting the St. Paul Crisis Pregnancy Center uh, that offers alternatives. Uh, Again, the violence of the left uh, that keeps things going. And uh, to my knowledge, uh, the Attorney General, head of the Department uh, of Justice, uh, hasn't commented or responded to these attacks uh, on crisis pregnancy centers. And uh, in St. Paul, they vandalized the, the outside and wrote nasty things on the walls and uh, and uh, and, the, and the people at the crisis center say they don't like the work we're doing to support families and women and uh, and the precious gift of life for children and uh, we, we, we try to offer also uh, diapers clothing confidential information and uh, and so uh, this birthright in st. Paul sure it's one of 100 crisis pregnancy centers nationwide. So, again, the, the left uh, just uses and condones violence as as this issue continues, Andy.
0: This is what I don't understand either. Um, it's always portrayed as pro-life or pro-choice. Pro-choice, Or yeah. those who would be anti-abortion versus those who are pro-choice. And I'm saying choice specifically because these birthright centers offer a choice other Mm -hmm. than abortion you think that would fall well within the parameters of the uh, the people in the pro-life movement that (laughs) the opportunity is there for a person to choose to carry the pregnancy through as well and offer a level of support for a person who may be struggling with that decision and Mm -hmm. I would think you know logically that people would embrace that as one of the choices but uh, yeah. apparently that's uh, that's not the case. And you're right. I mean, we've seen uh, not just in the Twin Cities, but in Wisconsin, uh, while well, virtually all the major cities, uh, these counseling centers that provide options other than abortion, uh, specifically adoption or uh, some level of support for the mother after the baby is born, have been targets of not just vandalism but firebombings and and threats you're right and
1: and like you say the pro-abortion people like to use the word pro-choice and they're not pro-choice uh i've never heard any of them confronted by that uh, hip, uh hypocritical uh, contradiction
0: i will say so the uh, plant planned parenthood did issue a statement up in the twin cities condemning what was happening with this birthright center
1: Okay, well, that's good. Now, if the Attorney General would do something. Uh, James Dickey is the head of the Upper Midwest Law Center in Minneapolis, and they've recently launched a a podcast uh, on legal issues in Minnesota. And uh, uh, Dickey uh, wanted to update uh, viewers on his podcast. Uh, He's uh, a senior trial counsel. Uh, at the uh, again at the Upper Midwest Law Center, and he, he he's discussed two ongoing legal fights of the organization. One halting the defunding of police in Minneapolis, uh, and then two uh, uh, funding uh, fighting against voter fraud uh, in in Minnesota. Um, so they're trying to operate and get more police on duty in Minneapolis and make uh, the mayor have to carry out the charter regulations on staffing and all that and then he gave an update on two election integrity cases including the uh, UMLC's uh, complaint against the Secretary of State for his quote inaction on duplicate voter registrations in Minnesota. Uh, Secretary of State Steve Simon says he has no responsibility to get rid of the duplicate registrations uh, and uh, the law center said uh, that's uh, that's an uh, abdication of his duties, and uh, and he's got to fix these things. And Dicky uh, Dicky also discussed the uh, the case against Simon regarding signature verification on absentee ballots. So the the problems with voting integrity and interpretations of what should be done uh, go on, Andy,
0: and will go on. I saw that. Uh a group of secretaries of state or secretary of states uh, nationwide had some sort of conference and they're very worried about lawsuits heading into the midterms that not only this upper midwest law center but there are others across the entire nation ready to take legal action if they find any issues that they think run afoul of current law in whatever state that they're in. So there's a quite a bit of a talk about all of this continuing. Yes.
1: That's right. That's right. And then in Minnesota, the rise in fentanyl cases, uh, record overdoses and deaths uh, in 2021. And then uh, in 2022, uh, 1,286 overdose deaths reported to, to the Minnesota Department of Health last year, a 22% increase from 2020, uh, opioids op- opioids, and other things and meth and, and uh, fentanyl. And, but that's the crime that's coming over the border and China contributes to it. And it also comes from Mexico, uh, these deaths. And uh, I, I haven't heard the Department of Homeland Security secretary confronted by that and forcing to answer the repercussions of the open border Uh, and and this attack on America, and some of those Democrat governors are saying this is an invasion. Uh, Well, Posse Comitatus passed after the Civil War forbids the military from policing citizens. The U.S. Coast Guard is exempt. They can uh, utilize law enforcement on citizens, but not the military. But I would think if they call it an invasion, the U.S. Army should have its duties reconsidered and, and, and get down to that border and be able to use force to stop this stuff. You wonder if it'll ever change and if Congress would change posse comitatus. But it's an invasion and the high death rates are almost, uh, well, to me, they're difficult even
0: to comprehend, Andy. It is. It's In Minnesota alone last year, almost 1,300 people died as the result of drug overdoses. Of that, almost a 1,000 of them involved opioids and that includes fentanyl and the increase within the opioid deaths was largely attributed to this flood of fentanyl coming into all states throughout our country and the same exact thing is happening in virtually every state in this country that um, people are obtaining pills that they think contain oxycodone or other substances when in fact, they contain fentanyl because you can apparently obtain it very, very cheaply because the, as you pointed out, the factories in China, um, people who have uh, ill-gotten gains, I guess, are smuggling it into Mexico and then into the United States where it's, um, it's out on the streets and it's mixed up with a bunch of other substances that people have been taking and they think they're okay taking it, and they're not. And it doesn't take much fentanyl to cause anybody to die. And uh, I I don't get it either. This, this is a national crisis, and it is tied to the southern border, Tom. You are correct in saying that. And there is, within this administration currently, nothing is being done. I think I read that the number of apprehensions last month was the highest ever recorded by the border patrol at over 200,000. I can't remember the exact figure, but there's never been a month of June where they've had that many apprehensions along the border. And they'll tell you that those apprehensions only reflect uh, a percentage of the actual number of people who are crossing the border. I think the estimate was that 4 million undocumented or illegal immigrants had entered the country last year based on somebody's analysis of those numbers.
1: The, Republican, the Republicans are saying if they retake the House and the Senate and the White House, uh, they're going to prosecute uh, uh, some officials, including the president uh, and uh, Attorney General Garland, Uh, for not enforcing the law and and the head of the DHS for not enforcing immigration law. And because they're not, uh, they're violating their constitutional oath of office, uh, uh, just refusing to violate the law. And I don't know why they're not more concerned about this or what their agenda
0: is. Not sure myself, Tom, not sure myself. We've got about a minute before we have to take a break for news. Okay. Well, one more
1: uh, Minnesota item. The University of Minnesota president is uh, Joan uh, uh, Gabble and uh, she reacted to the George Floyd uh, incident by uh, criticizing the campus police and Minneapolis police, and uh, stepped down from cooperating with uh, them, done joint patrols, uh, Minneapolis uh, police, and, and uh, campus police in, in time of violence and uh, necessity. Well, Uh, parents by the hundreds are just angry at the University of Minnesota crime situation Uh, students are being attacked and uh, robbed and injured and and so are faculty and uh, hundreds of parents showed up at a conference and and, uh, the president uh, spoke to of the necessity of of having uh, good police work now and not this defunding and everything uh, because parents are concerned what's going on on that campus and and some parents were very vocal about it, and the the the, the violence and how victims of, of assault, burglary, and robbery, destruction of property, motor vehicle thefts—that's very serious. And let's get police going, Minneapolis and campus police. Quit talking about defunding. Quit stereotyping them. One parent said. You're stereotyping the police. Uh, we, the liberal community says we don't want stereotypes of anybody, but we castigate an entire profession because of the uh, uh, problems of a few, and this has got to stop for the protection of the campus, its mission, and the people
0: on campus. So quite a meeting. Yeah, I'll say. Boy, but we do have to take that break for news, and we will return. Tom Osterman and myself, Andy Brownell. After the news break on Rochester Today, News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. One has been seriously injured. Today, Tuesday, Tom Ostrom is here. Andy Brown-Elm as well. And Tom, what do you want to start with for this half hour?
1: Miranda Devine is a columnist of, with the New York Post. And boy, is she a good uh, research uh, investigator, reporter. She's, after, she's on top of the Hunter Biden uh shenanigans and now this column recently no business experience at the white House uh, biden's inexperienced lackeys know nothing about business or economics they're unlikely to pull us out of the inflationary doom their 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 policies will make it worse we've got nine percent inflation and uh and biden must have deliberately appointed people who lacked uh, economic knowledge uh, they their academics, uh, all of them, including the Secretary of the Treasury, they know nothing and have no business experience. They've all checked the right diversity boxes in terms of appearance and woke philosophy but know nothing about the economics and that includes the president himself and uh, they can't manage this crisis and uh, next week I've gotten a, a, a topic of a former, uh, a democrat treasury official who worked for Ob- uh, obama saying the same things but uh, it's just uh, the, the fiscal stimulus is what caused these problems uh, not putin and uh, not uh, republicans and everything else and this won't be solved uh, like say for example treasury secretary janet yellen has zero business experience Her life has been in academia and government. That's why she was in denial about inflation for so long. And so was the president. So until they get some people that know some
0: economics, Devine says, we're in trouble. And uh, real world economics. The experience of having survived downturns in the economy and what what it takes to bounce back from downturns in the economy. Um, There was a Wall Street editorial along these same lines last week as well, questioning the real-world experience of the president's advisors. And uh, this was from the editorial board at Wall Street Journal, not one of their columnists. And uh, they pretty roundly blasted the Biden administration's response to what's happened. And and the messaging coming out of the Biden administration is is so often tone deaf. Uh, The idea that you're going to blame the gas station operators for the price at the pump had accused them of hmm. all sorts of evil deeds when they're small business people working on oftentimes very thin margins when it comes to the gasoline that they sell and uh they're they're really making most of their money on the convenience store items that they're selling the milk and the pop and the other items that people are going inside after they purchase their gasoline yeah um, so I, I and that that totally fell flat when he issued that um, criticism of this group of small business owners I, it makes you wonder who he's getting his advice from well
1: i think it's the obama contingent the power behind the throne and uh, they they were uh, deficient also in these
0: things well they weren't as tone deaf though at least obama when he could get out there he could deliver a message that actually they may have angered some but it, it's not it's not to the level of it, it's it, it's reminiscent of jimmy carter that's all i can say it, it has there's a disconnect there that is amazing to me
1: yeah um, right well and it just gets back to what you and i have brought up before on this show andrew uh who are the experts uh and are they experts uh And even we found out reading this weekend, it's more complex than I have mastered yet, but Dr. Burks, who used to be with the Trump administration, going out to talk to the public uh, with Dr. Fauci on everything, she's just written a book, and in it she admits that they didn't know what they were talking about, and they knew that some things they were saying uh, about the public and about the virus and about what to do about it uh, were untrue. They didn't believe it. But they felt they had to say it for public consumption and psychology. She admitted that.
0: Oh in my her gosh!
1: Book. Yeah. So I I haven't read more than that about it. And of course she was critical of Trump, um, and uh, and she was critical of one uh, doctor who criticized her, uh, uh, in, at a meeting and she screamed and yelled at him. And when he was right about uh, about things, uh, I my gosh, I can't think of his name. The, a Muslim american who's running uh, uh uh for office uh can't think of his name but he was right about everything and they just uh hollered him down and told him to be quiet uh, uh doggone it i wish i could think of his I name saw. but but, but she said some things and uh, pardon no, i was gonna say that's the
0: type of thing yeah. you remember she at three o'clock in the morning
1: yeah uh, well i this i think his last name starts with an a but anyway i have to read more about that and then attorneys general from 19 states have filed a brief with the Supreme Court to stop the Department of Homeland Security immigration policy. Attorneys from uh, 19 states led by the Arizona uh, Attorney General filed a brief of the Supreme Court that supports the right of Texas and Louisiana to oppose the federal government's guidance uh, on immigration policy and to have their own border enforcement and border philosophies. And uh, so we'll see if the Supreme Court takes that. Well, they say that's a political issue, too, or that's, uh, you know, separation of powers. Uh, but the stats of what they're angry about and what they want to do uh, uh, go on. So there's some resistance to Biden policies as his poll numbers drop.
0: Well, I would say more than some resistance, Tom. I think you're seeing a great deal of resistance. Yes, right. The one I, I also, going back to the Supreme Court, Tom, I'd read... Um, there've been well, the Supreme Court recently issued a ruling, and it was about business and uh, environmental regulations. And apparently, rather than abide by the Supreme Court decision, I don't even believe it was this Supreme Court. I think it was a previous Supreme Court with a different makeup. The Biden administration has chosen to ignore that ruling and reinstate the rulemaking that was in place when the Supreme Court. Ruled against the EPA. It's raising the question of whether or not this administration will even follow uh, the dictates of the Supreme Court as far as what the limits are as far as regulatory authority for these agencies. That they're coming up with quote unquote creative ways to broaden the interpretation of whatever law it may be, whether it be the uh, Clean Water Act or um, other environmental legislation to be all-encompassing and all-encompassing regulations that would, if you played it out to the end, uh, give these agencies basically the authority to regulate every aspect of our lives.
1: Well, that's another example of the failure of the executive branch to carry out and enforce the laws of the land. To me, that's another impeachable offense on that
0: list. So, Tom, anything else we need to cover national news? I know that... uh, they're all mad at Joe Manchin again.
1: Yes, Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders thinks that Bernie is deliberately trying to sabotage the Democrats in Congress and, and, uh, and the president because he won't go along with uh, Biden's uh, and the Democrat climate measures and tax measures. And uh, Manchin is staying firm. And some Democrats are saying he should leave the Democrat Party. We should expel him. I hope they do. He'll join the Republicans then and increase their, their power in the Senate.
0: Well, I know on that, uh, is it build it better, build back better, or whatever the legislation was, the CBO, the actual supposedly nonpartisan Congressional Budget Office played out what it would do as far as tax increases are concerned. And it directly, the CBO report shows, it would run counter to Joe Biden's pledge that whatever tax increases he put in place would not affect anyone making less than $400,000 a year. The CBO says it would affect people all the way down well into the middle class tax brackets of uh, you know around 100,000 a year or even slightly above that it would be seen in some cases significant tax increases depending on their activities. And I think that's a large part of Manchin's mm. decision not to back it. Yes,
1: well, he's the principal, he's the principal lawmaker and he's carrying out the the wishes and policies that uh, his constituency uh, uh, favors. So uh, he's he's a uh, he's a single uh, block to the silliness in this administration. So he's he's pretty courageous. How well, much time we got for Minnesota or
0: national? Uh, well, we right we, we can do one national more uh, one more national news right now.
1: Uh, Joe was not very successful in Arabia. Uh, he insulted uh, Israel by taking the Israeli flag off the uh, presidential limousine when he went through uh, Arab uh, locations. He got lost while leaving the stage again, uh, uh, and and one one uh, Saudi official said we're not going to expand uh, our production like he said. It's not that easy to do, and and then he said this this Biden is not the man that we dealt with years ago. So. Uh, biden wasn't that successful or impressive evidently uh, when he went to uh, to saudi arabia
0: yeah my understanding was he got very vague promises of some sort of cooperation from the saudis but there's nothing concrete to it but the saudis are using this as a public relations victory for them by um, using it to show that they are no longer isolated from the united states and are back back in the fold as they say with the the famous fist bump gesture with the the leader of Saudi Arabia. Oh yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, yeah. Wasn't that something? Yeah. And then uh, finally, Senator Grassley and colleagues are going after General Milley again. Uh, they're looking into uh, his uh, actions of going around Trump and dealing with the Chinese, trying to say that he'll cooperate with the Chinese and they will block what uh, Trump might do. And uh, Grassley said. Uh, and the book uh, a book was published, which gave the details on, on all this, Woodward's book. And we can't get a straight answer out of General Milley. He keeps saying he didn't read the book, so he can't comment. And he said, it's been my experience that when officials are evasive, they are covering up and they are untruthful. And we're not gonna stop with this. And there might even be treasonous actions or charges here if we get control against. So uh, General Milley, uh, in trouble, he won't to clarify what happened, and so they're trying to investigate it. Uh, that was the book *Peril* by Bob Woodward and Robert Costa that uh, outlined what General Milley said to the Chinese behind Trump's back, and he didn't inform Trump about it. So, uh, and then people are criticizing Milley too uh, on a personal level. That the. Uh, uh, the wokeness in the military is weakening our armed forces and Milley himself is not physically fit. Like they insist a the military personnel be. So uh, he's got his,
0: yeah, Milley has his opponents. <laughs> I bet both internally within the Pentagon and outside of it as well. But it also begs the question, Tom, of if the Republicans gain control in the midterms of the Senate and the house, and then use that power to put the president and some of his advisors, you know, I guess the term is on trial. Uh, I don't know if the American public is really on board for that. I know there are some people who are, obviously, but I wonder if people would rather step back and let some healing take place so we can get back to some rational discussions because this, the setup we're we're marching toward is every single time we have... A switch of administration or control of the legislative branch. We're going to have another impeachment trial, and this is on, It's going to go on forever, and I well,
1: and I wonder if people are getting Dem- sick of this. Well, the Democrats uh, didn't worry about that when they impeached Trump uh, I know twice, and 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 then they're thinking that uh, more more of that. And then the Nancy Pelosi has a turncoat Republican uh, Cheney on her committee to try to to besmirch Trump again. And I'm sure Democrats and the left-wing media will argue what you did. Let's be peaceful now and let's be nice to each other and let's compromise if they lose power. And I personally say no. Uh, Use the precedent and go after them and teach these left-wing Democrats who like mobs and intimidation, uh, get get a lesson, Andrew. I'm not as ecumenical
0: as you are. (laughs) All right, all right. We'll take a break. (laughs) We'll be back. Tom Ostrom's here. I'm Andy Brownell. It's Rochester Today. News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. This is the Family Service Rochester Mental Health Minute with Andy Brownell and Tom Ostrom on News Talk 1340, KROC AM and 96.9 FM. Good morning, everyone. We've got a few more minutes in our Rochester Today program today. Tom, what do you want to cover now?
1: Well, the Ukraine war uh, is getting... uh very contentious in its interpretations. The media doesn't seem to be covering it as much. The Russians seem to be uh, holding their own and expanding with uh, artillery barrages and uh, 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 Zelensky himself uh, is looking uh, at, at some Ukrainian officials that evidently were cooperating with the Russians and are kind of selling out the war and he's fired some security people. We'll see what happens there. But there's a Ukrainian-born House member uh, in the Congress, and she's uh, she's very bright. She's very interesting. Uh, Ukrainian-born uh, Representative Victoria Spartz, and she's been a strong supporter of Ukraine during the conflict, but she's now questioning the cult and the corruption uh, around Zelensky. And, what, and, and wants us to monitor our spending there and what is being done with those weapons uh, and have some accountability. while well, she's being attacked by Republicans and Democrats now because they're not supposed to say that. This is a sacred cause. But I remember Trump got in trouble too, trying to, in a phone call, inquire about the corruption in the Ukraine. And that was uh, the reason for uh, whistleblowers overhearing his conversation to Ukraine and and wanting to impeach him uh, for, for daring to question that. So uh, there's, uh, there, there, there's some troubles in that war and, and uh, it's not going well for Ukraine as brave as they are and as successful as they are, Russia's not stopping. And evidently there's some security issues within the Ukraine government of people tired of the war and, uh, and, uh, and maybe even being uh, Disloyal, but Victoria Spartz says we're sending them a lot. There's corruption there. We need to be accountable or hold them so. And uh, she's getting really blasted by Democrats and Republicans.
0: And uh, I think the accountability part is key. I think when you're shipping that much capital and that much equipment, uh, it's easy for things to be lost in the shuffle have we we've seen this in other armed conflicts and the idea that you couldn't question that is frightening and i read another piece that was talking about as we've now entered this quote-unquote stalemate phase of this war there perhaps needs to be a discussion about the actual goals of the united states and the ukrainians as far as this conflict goes because right now it's completely open-ended. It seems as if it is, we're going to keep going until the Russians are defeated. Well, that would require some cooperation by the Russians, I think at this point and how, how much resources are you going to allocate to this fight? How many lives are an acceptable level of uh, loss in this conflict? And what are achievable goals is is it the goal to get back to the negotiating table to try to settle this or is the goal to push the russians completely out of ukraine and is that even a realistic goal but there doesn't seem to be a lot of discussion about that right now or i don't know if there ever has been
1: right and then You can see from the pictures of the war, the infrastructure of the Ukraine and millions of people fleeing the Ukraine, going to parts of Europe and even the United States. How in the world is that ever going to be rebuilt? After World War II, the United States invested in Japan and German reconstruction. Well, the world's going to have to do that in Ukraine. And how much money will that cost? And where will be the repercussions there? And if there is corruption in the Ukraine, what happens to that money? So this isn't over yet.
0: not by a long shot not by a long shot tom we've got a we have to run we are out of time so we'll have to continue our discussions on thursday thank you so much again tom oh andy thank you been a pleasure okay tom ostrom on tuesday on rochester today we'll be back thursday with another program on News Talk 1340 kroc am and 96.9 fm dave williams hesitated on getting the COVID 19 vaccine